They got six points from 12 over Christmas, but with more injuries and players jetting off, January looks like it will be a pivotal month for Albion and Carlos Corbran. We'll be discussing all that and looking ahead to the FA Cup third round on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello, Baggies fans, and Happy New Year to welcome back to the Baggies broadcast for the first episode of 2024. My name is Johnny Jury, and as always, I'm alongside Lewis Cox, the man I've probably seen more than my actual family over the festive period due to the hectic football schedules, but we're on the other side of that now. Uh, Coxie, how are you, mate? Good Christmas? Hello, mate. Good to see you. (laughs) Although, like you said, we've... um... You know, we've seen plenty of each other, haven't we? We certainly have indeed. Um, yeah, although, although I did, as, as listeners will be aware, I did leave you for Middlesbrough, you know. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll forget about that one, mate. We'll skirt over that one. That's fine. Well, Swansea was bad enough, wasn't it? That's, uh, but it was good, mate. Yeah, lovely time. It feels like forever since we've done one of these, doesn't it? We did one after Stoke, didn't we, which was 17th of December. Um, but obviously, there's been the four Christmas games. Great, great time, mate. Yeah, I mean, in this gig, as, as we all know. It's Christmas Day and that's it, basically, isn't it? And then it's back to the grind. But the the, the days in between, because of the games, uh, are just crazy, aren't they? Um, and then New Year's, well, New Year's Day in South Wales, so that was a bit of a write-off, wasn't it? Uh, really good, though, yeah. Really really nice day itself. Nice family time, little gifts and stuff. And, yeah, raring to go, raring to go. This I, I don't mind this little week that we're on, this little edge yourself into the new year with the FA Cup third round. I love third round weekend. I know we'll get into it later on, but it's one of my favourite times of the footy calendar, to be honest. I I love it. Um, I love the fact I've been playing another conference team, you know, for second year running that, isn't it? Um, I've been on the other side of it where I've covered smaller teams going up against big guns this time of year. So, yeah, I, I just love this time of the year. I hate the TV picks. You know, the, we, want it, we want Maidstone on the telly, don't we, in the FA Cup third round? Like, we want, we want all the shot on the telly. You know, we... we we don't want Arsenal Liverpool on the telly, do we? Or nah, you right. whatever whatever Shamble, else stupid Premier League games are on the telly. But no, good. I had a good one. Hope you had a good one. Hope our listeners had a good one. Um the footy was mixed, wasn't it? Let's be honest. And and we've got, you know, added in the the joys of the January transfer window to go alongside the ownership and everything else that's going on. So no shortage of things to get stuck into. Yeah, no shortage indeed. Any um I was gonna say any New Year's resolutions, but I, I think you've I think you've you've already got one now. I Albion know where you're will, going here, John. Albion fans will probably know that Lewis Cox's timekeeping is among the worst. Um, I would say, maybe should we say in journalism or or just the EFL? We'll say in the EFL among <laughs> EFL correspondents. But he was on time today. He was bang on time today for the first part of 2024. So I'm going to hold him to this every single week. And I think I think he, I think it's a concerted effort. I think he's made a New Year's resolution without telling me. Um, and we're going to keep it up. So the Baggies broadcast recordings are going to be bang on time now for the rest of the year. So fair play to you, Coxie. I'm not going to rise. (laughs) If you're going to hold me to that, then good luck. We will move on. Indeed, we've got a lot. As long as we make kickoffs, Johnny, that's that's all that matters. As long as we make kickoffs, said about Rotherham away, the better. Yeah, yeah, but we'll we'll not blame that one on you. We've talked about that one before, but we'll not uh, (laughs) we'll not label that one at your door. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to reflect on the four festive fixtures. Um, and give a little bit of a rating on Albion's performance. We'll discuss the the latest on the ownership situation, which we're hoping will will soon be resolved and hopefully 
Albion will have a potential new owner and the Gauchin lie nightmare, um, so to speak, will hopefully soon be over. We'll talk about Jeremy Sarmiento and his return to Brighton and talk about the January transfer window as well. Answer all your questions and discuss, as Coxie says there, the FA Cup third round clash with Aldershot. So first, Coxie, festive fixtures. Uh, Borough, Leeds, Norwich and Swansea. Four games. We predicted eight points the last time. Um, we we discussed and I think that was a, a bit, bit of an a little bit of an ambitious one, but six from twelve. Um, just overall, you know, I'm not going to go through the, every single game individually because no. we could, you know, I could spend about an hour talking about why Middlesbrough was so bad, um, and we could also wax lyrical about why Leeds was so great. But you know, as we said, six points from twelve. What would you? How would you describe Albion's you know return over the festive period? I know there's a lot of context with different little you yeah. know niggles and injuries and, and and this and that but how would you sum it up my opinion i would say slightly below par in terms of a points return of six from 12 i think seven yeah i appreciate seven's only one one more point than six it's not a grand difference is it but i think seven was about the minimum albion would want from a from their perspective from their point of view um obviously with seven you you're just going with one defeat really aren't you you're going with Normally, you know, two wins and the and the draw. Yeah. Um, although let's be honest, you're just getting into Swansea, the most recent game. It was an even game, wasn't it? There, there's nothing in that. I, I suppose if one side slightly edged it, you'd go with the Swans, but there was nothing in that really. And it's a fortunate goal, and Albion spurned the best chance of the game. Swansea score, so that could have gone either way, couldn't it? Let's let's be honest. Um, the two home games, I thought. I was unsurprised to see maximum points, to be honest. I just think Albion at home, this division under this manager, strong, don't have any fears, regardless of who they're facing. We saw that against Ipswich, Leicester, didn't we? Now Leeds. Um, thought Nor- Norwich 1-0 was... In- I wasn't at Borough. And in the same way, Borough should have scored one comfortably by many goals. Albion should have beat Norwich by many goals, shouldn't they? Um, but I think six was a little, a touch below par. Although, just to finish off this point, we had... Um, you probably heard it, didn't you, Johnny? Because you were in the room after Swansea. And I know Baggies fans listening will, will probably have read this, but we've sort of asked Carlos Corbran, you know, what, what's his sort of overview of this this four games, the points return overall. And, and he sort of said that we've, we've done enough points-wise just to stay where we want and need to be. So I think that's a fair point. <laughs> Albin have gone into it in fifth, still in fifth. Seem to have been fifth for ages, don't they? Seems to have been in fifth for now, I don't know, what, two, three months? Best part of. Um, and that, by the way, that's, yeah, hats off for that. We remember the run of fixtures before Christmas. Remember us having this conversation of look at the games coming up. It's a ridiculous six, seven, eight games. And that was well before the festive period. And I remember us saying if they can stick there, then they'll stick it out for the season. Certainly be competitors for it. And look, with the other side of Christmas and New Year and Albion are still fifth. Peaks and troughs will come, we know that. And that's just the nature of any season, especially the championship. But showing some impressive consistency, aren't they, Albany? It's just a shame with that Leeds win on the 29th that they just couldn't go to Swans and build on it. But I think you have to, and we'll get into this, but you have to take the context of having nobody available. And it's, it's totally stunting Albion, isn't it? And it's 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 beyond anyone's control, really, realistically, for, for the most part. Yeah. No, just a couple of points to come from it. Obviously, the Borough... You know, we haven't spoken about the Borough game, but the less said, the better. It was just 
I think <laughs> the, the difference between the two defeats is that Borough was just a dreadful display. Albion just didn't really turn up, I didn't think. Swansea, you know, they, they looked tired, they looked leggy. You know, they, these were players that, you know, you look at the four fixtures over a festive period normally for sides and you, and you, you kind of hope that changes will have to be made. But I, I saw Jason, uh, not Jason, I saw Alex Moat tracking back in the Swansea game and I was like, <laughs> he looks absolutely knackered. You know, he's played near on, I think he was taken off in a couple of the games, but he's played on near off, near enough 90 minutes in all of the games. You know, they just looked really tired. But on the Leeds game, we'll, we'll focus on that because that's one of the more positive points. Just, a, you know, I described it as a, as a sort of, obviously it was the last game of 2023. Um, and a win that sort of summed up Corbrand's reign so far and showed how far Albion had come. And the sort of ironic point I, I gathered from it, Cox, you know, We've talked this season about fans' frustrations about the way Albion have played, you know, slow build-up, maybe not able to break teams down. In the Leeds game, it was a case of Albion didn't really have a lot going forward. You know, it wasn't like a home Albion free-flowing attacking display. But, you know, you saw that the way the crowd came together and how everyone was behind Albion and sort of almost willed them over the line in the end. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was fantastic. And in the end, it, you know, it just basically summed up, like we said, what we've seen from a, a year of Corbrand and, you know, Horses, of course, is Albion can do different things to win different games. And they produced yeah. a performance like that to beat one of, you know, I know not on the, in the table, but on paper, one of the best teams in the division. Mm. Yeah, it was tactically spot on, wasn't it? And um, in terms of certainly against a strong opposition as well, regardless of being home or away, get that relatively early goal. And I mean, look at the clean sheet record, the, the, the goals against record, but certainly the clean sheet record is not the best in the division. Yeah, for, not for a reason. And Albin are expert at that. Under Corbran, Corbran is is an expert at that, and it's not, you know, it's not part of the bus. Nine men behind the ball once you go a goal ahead, is it? And uh, I mean, you touched on it there, Johnny. But Leeds's embarrassment of riches in attack is ridiculous, isn't it? Frankly, what was it? Bamford on the bench, James on the bench. You know, could go on. Um, and <laughs> Daniel Farker chucked them all on, didn't he? <laughs> he was very much uh, caution to the wind. You know, let's get six on up front, basically. And um, I don't remember Leeds creating anything, to be honest. And that's not, yeah, that's partly down to some errors on on their part, not being as maybe incisive and and creative. But uh, Albion stopped them. Yeah, I mean, we saw what Leeds did against a poor Blues after that, and obviously Rooney bit the um, at the bullet. But yeah, Albion gave them not a sniff, did they? And uh, it was a masterclass. I thought it was it was a perfection from from Corbran, and it's yeah, you know, it doesn't get. So it was tactically spot on, and and Corbrand you know, is not immune from criticism in that regard. I wouldn't say it's you know, tactically spot on every single game, but as you suggested, Johnny, every single games demand different things, don't we? What fast forward a couple of days to Swansea and Albion are one down, and and you know you're looking for some invention, imagination, but obviously, you know you would say totally limited by options he's got, wouldn't you? Now, you know to balance that on the other side, maybe can can they flip a a formation or can they do something slightly different well with the players available I mean it's tough isn't it you turn into a, a right back to go on as a number 10 what else could Albin have, uh, have really mustered there what what could they have done with the options available I'm not too sure just thinking off the top of my head where players could go differently you know you're looking at someone like Reach coming on someone like Chalaba coming on but Chalaba did okay well, Reach did all right, to be honest. I mean, we can get on to Tom Fellows later, can't we, Johnny? He's a real, real bright point of, um, of certainly New Year's Day in South Wales. 
the the big maybe only bright point. Um, but yeah, Le- Leeds was was a was a masterclass, wasn't it? And I remember someone, you know, some some fans sort of complaining about the end of the Swansea game and why you know X and Y, you know, why is John Swift not being chucked on? Well, he wasn't fit enough. To, you know, said himself he couldn't come on. Did he? Why isn't Akil Higgins coming on? Well, with respect to Akil Higgins, I, I give the manager thought he was a viable option to come on and affect the game from an attacking perspective. From Albion being an attacking player, he would have put him on. You know, he's not, it's all well and good saying, well, he's an attacker, but he's clearly not ready. You know, and, and for respect to him, I've seen him play for the 21s. It's nothing against Higgins, but he's clearly just where, where things are. You know, that can't be helped, can it? Um, so, yeah, I... It was a mixed period, wasn't it? But you're totally right about getting to the fourth game, Johnny. The same players, you made the point with Mowat, same players being flogged again and again. Uh, it's, it will catch up. We've said from the summer, haven't we, really? It's, it's a squad with quality, but it's not, a, it's not a deep squad on numbers, really. They've got options in reserve in a couple of positions, but once a couple of injuries come, they're, they're, they're struggling, really. And let's be honest, all of the injuries and unavailabilities happen in the same position. Albion are stocked at the back, aren't they? They've got yeah, you know, got Shemi Ajay to come in, who we saw against Leeds, absolutely superb, wasn't it? Absolutely superb. Got to be one of the best standing centre halves in the division, if you like. Fullback options in reserves, all right. We know it's scant at fullback, but we know Furlong's played well recently, hasn't he? And Townsend's been okay, I would say. Um, had some good performances. Midfield positions, Malumbi's come in, Chalabas come in. There's options, but no, they've been they've been ravaged in forward areas, haven't they? And that makes things difficult, doesn't it? The two home wins have been one nils. Haven't needed to be more than that. Norwich should have been more than that. Leeds, you know, one nil was was perfect, wasn't it? And didn't have to didn't have to need another goal. But yeah, it's been it's been an interesting period. It's been one that's really tested and stretched the squad. And uh, well, thank God it's January, really. <laughs> thank God yeah. a couple of uh, reinforcements can hopefully arrive. Yeah, hopefully they can. Um, just one, well, a couple of points really that we can we can finish off on this. Um, you mentioned Tom Fellows there. You know, for me, probably one of the brightest sparks of um, the festive period, really. And I only I know he only started one game, but we really saw what he can do. You know, he set the chance up for Thomas Asante at Swansea. He he looked sharp throughout the game. Albin's really only really potent attacking threat in Swansea. You know, a lot of a lot of fans have mentioned that he's out of contract in the summer and we'll talk about contracts later on in the in the episode. But it could be a big few months for Tom Fellows. Could really be a big yeah. few months for Tom Fellows. We we know he's got it now. You know, there was a question mark over whether he could do it from the start. We saw that at Swansea in a in a pretty depleted Albion side that didn't particularly play well. You know He's got. He's a positive to come from the first game of the year, and now moving forward, you know, he's going to have a little bit of expectation on his shoulders, depending on what Albion do in the window. Well, Johnny, if we were having this conversation a week ago, um, yeah, in between Christmas and the New Year, yes, we knew Grady was off, you know, for the best part of a month to to Afcon, but obviously we weren't aware of uh, Brighton hadn't made the decision on the the Sarmiento situation. But now we're having the conversation where. Sarmiento is no more at Albion, and Dean Garner's out of the picture, isn't he? As we said, so it's 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 a real. Not only that, Jed Wallace has a hip adductor problem, doesn't he? John Swift, his fitness is just a problem. Yeah, you know, three months now plus about three months since that injury at Blues, 
and um, it's becoming difficult. You know, he's so key, so important, especially in home games and to, to not have him. I mean, he's one of the main number 10s in the division, isn't he? He's really hard to replace. Grady can do a job in there, but, you know, Albin have been playing Jason Malumbi in there. And that's nothing against Malumbi, but he's a, it's not it's not his position, is it? It's not his game, really. He, he's, he can do a job there, but but yeah, on, on to Fellows. Um, you're right, he's got a massive opportunity now. And yes, he plays in the position Corbin wants to wants to shop and wants to bring in a couple on loan in that role. However, look, just by chance, it's FA Cup coming this weekend and he would always play in that. However, if it was a league game coming up on Saturday or Sunday, he'd be in again, wouldn't he? He'd be in again from the off. He was Albin's best player at Swansea, as you say. And um, a massive bright spark. Took him maybe 10, 15 minutes to settle. And I think we were all curious and wondered how he'd do because the only time he'd played a lot of footy in a, in a game rather than just a cameo from the end was was early doors at Sunderland where he came on for Madge about half hour in and that was a difficult day for him and all concerned from Albion really didn't get going fellow struggled physically sort of knocked off the ball first touch wasn't there struggled to really impact it and create anything in this one settled after 10-15 minutes and was shot and too much speed too much acceleration, too much technical quality for for Swans. Um, he really was a threat. Crossing ability was there. Passing ability. The, the chance I mentioned at the top that Albion spurned in Swansea from uh, from Thomas Asante, which was a poor finish, really. I mean, we, listeners will know we're fans of Thomas Asante, but he, that's he was on his left foot, but it's got to go in, hasn't it? It's got to go in, and we didn't know at the time it was Albion's only chance of the game, but in the context of that away game with no option, it's, it's got to go. Um, but Fellows makes that all on his own, doesn't he? With a wonderful turn on halfway, first time, dart in acceleration, too quick. The, the through ball's then superb, you know, decision-making. Can you make the right decision with the right quality to get it through? And the decision-making and the quality of the pass was bang on for, for BTA, who, you know, he, he checked and did that fine. It's just that left-footed finish, isn't it? But on Fellows, he, he was superb, and he had many more moments in that game, and rightly, I've got some got some quotes from from Carlos Corbran coming in the next 24 hours or so, just on on fellows and and Adam Reach is one other as well who I, I like to 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 make a point about because I think against Leeds and Swansea now Reach just just I, I mean I'm, everyone listening to this knows you know Adam Reach has a certain sort of reputation or whatever among Albion fans and you know he's never going to be a regular starter is he and you know he's just seen as someone who can play a number of positions or whatever, but he has energy, doesn't he? He has legs from the bench later on when people are tired. Um, always gives one of those sort of Wallace-esque, you know, he's always given 100% type thing. And I thought against Leeds and Swansea from the bench, he looked useful, to be honest. Had that had that one against Leeds at the Hawthorns, didn't he, where the chip was on 40 yards. And um, and I can tell you, Johnny was ready to run on the pitch if Ricci would have... Uh, would have lobbed Darlow from there mm. like that. That was a serious situation ready to, to unfold. But um, fortunately, it didn't. But uh, yeah, my point about, you know, Reach will start in the FA Cup, won't he, on Sunday, I think, with Fellows probably on, on either flank. And, and and both, I mean, so much rests on the outcome of Wallace, his situation with the hip, doesn't it? And and, and then Swift, really. Like, with Wallace, Wallace is never injured, is he? It's, it's, he had the shoulder at Cardiff and now he's got the hip contact ones, but never has the muscle issues really from, you know, flogged 50 games last season, didn't he, Wallace? How many has he played in his career? He's so robust. So when he has a problem, you know it's a problem. And we just need to hope that this hip adductor situation isn't serious and the scans are OK. We'll find out tomorrow. 
when we speak to Carlos. So sort of all hopeful on that one. The Swift one's a different situation, isn't it? Look, it's ongoing. Swift is obviously feeling uncomfortable. Fresh scans this week. We'll see what they show. They didn't show anything before Swansea. So how much of it's down to Swift's pain management? I don't know. Can he dig deep and go? But no one knows their body like the individual. So got to go by what Swift feels, haven't you? And if he feels uncomfortable and can't go, then he can't go. So the, the, the bottom line is for this weekend, I'm moving forward a lot on fellows. And listeners will be delighted to hear that it's a lot on fellows. And he deserves to go again and he will go again. But we, I just I don't want him to be overburdened and I don't want him to have to go again and again and again if it's not happening for him. We don't want to, <laughs> sorry, um, you don't want to sort of knock the spark out and um, and flog him because he's a kid. So hope to find that balance and hope that you know Wallace is OK to come back swifts around it. So it's not just fellas, 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 and, and he gets worn out. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, it's you know it's a really good point, and that will all hinge on um, injuries and the as you said the transfer window. Finally, Coxie, just we 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 talked about this on the way in from uh, from Swansea. Just to give Albion's festive performance a a rating out of ten, I went with six point five the other day because I thought you know that's just taking everything into account. But you said earlier it was below average. What what would you say out of ten for Albion's festive? Yeah, I remember us actually both saying 6.5. If we're being cheeky and including point fives, but I'd lean towards more a six and a seven. So I'd go over six. I think I think a, I think a seven would have been like seven points or, or more type thing. So I think yeah, but but you're right. There's a lot of context to be taken in and, and performances. And I wasn't at Middlesbrough, which was by far the worst performance, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, a six out of ten, um, as Corbett said, just did enough, certainly in the circumstances, to stay where they need to be. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. There's our reflection on Albon's festive performances. A lot to come in the next few weeks. We've got the FA Cup. We've got the resumption of league games as well. But also, Albion fans are hoping to hear more information about some potential new owners. Now, we know that Albion, um, Gauchin Lai and, and those at Albion have been in talks with potential new owners over recent weeks. We've seen various different reports. Co- you know, Coxie's been reporting as well that these talks are advancing and we're hoping that something's going to happen this month. Coxie, we've had a lot of questions on this today, so we're going to sort of answer them all in one sort of hit, really. But what what's the current situation? Has anything moved any closer and are we expecting anything to come anytime soon? Yeah, so from um, bits I've heard of late, Johnny, since we've last spoke on this, certainly on the podcast, either side of Christmas and the New Year, but more so either side of the New Year, um, was encouraging positive news in terms of things with the um, preferred, or not preferred, with the leading group bidders and prospective owners having moved forward and advanced through talks and really gathered pace to a, you know, really advanced to, to to a good place. I know the club, hope and want and I think everyone involved wants uh, to wrap this up and get it towards if not over the line as soon as possible in January don't want to be heading towards the end of the month and certainly do not want to be heading into February or anything like that that's not me saying that that won't happen because these things are far from easy aren't they but I think it has advanced at good pace to be honest for for what it is um, we understand it's a US group which which we've said and you know you've got you've got a group of you know you've got a group led by a person from a different country yes you know representatives over here things like that you know buying an english club an english company from you know that english company owned by a chinese individual group who 
who are obviously on the other side of the world. It's 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 a complex matter, isn't it? It's not you know it's it's hardly like popping into a shop, is it? So um, yeah, not not an easy thing to sort. A thing that takes time and complexities, uh, but it's moved at good pace as far as I understand, and I'm led to believe. So that is um, as t- in terms of when I last had an update, uh, in po- positive and encouraging news in terms of the time frame, but. It, it's just it's just a hope and expectation uh, hope that it can be wrapped up in the middle of, around the middle of the month and getting into the towards the end of the second they've started the third week of the month just so things don't sort of come to a head come to a crux towards the end of jan the clock is ticking we've said that before haven't we but that's not to say that get to the end of january and it's it's a disaster it's a nightmare things are, are done can't be finalized but i think just from a logistical point of view just from a, certainly a financial point of view you know it's clearly the sooner the better now I'm not really talking about the January window I'm just talking about getting by paying bills overheads obviously we know the MSD loan situation um in regards to that and so yeah look I know there was a lot of sort of not not false but a lot of hope around Christmas and New Year that there might be like a, a grand Christmas day message or a grand New Year new owner type thing but obviously the club can't say and address anything um until that we know there's a situation with a period of exclusivity for the preferred group now that that comes in if it, if it's agreed and the finances work um and then and then there's no given you know a, a period of exclusivity is no fixed time you know it, it takes as long as it takes you know, things need to be thrashed out they're either smoother or they're not smoother so there's no like from then on it takes five days or from then on it takes seven days it takes what it takes um Obviously, those privy to the deal and inside the deal are the ones that know how long that is or how long that will take. Um, we'd all love to be there, clearly. But um, yeah, so the, the overall sort of bottom line to this is from what, what I've been told, it's, it's encouraging progress on, on, the, on the takeover front. And, um, and, you know, everything crossed, touch, touch wood, you know, ev- everyone hopes you know, it won't be too long now. Yeah. Are we any closer? You know, we've had a question about the identity of these new owners which we said in the past I imagine you know we won't find out until very very close to when it's when it's announced which hopefully is um soon but we is it right that we understand that there's just you know the talks are taking place with this one US group at the moment Lewis you talked yeah, about that's, that's, there. yeah that's that's as 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 far as I've um, heard and understand yeah uh, we'd lo- you know I'd love to have it on good authority to be able to bring if I did obviously have that on good authority you know we'd we'd be able to bring that but obviously a shrouded in a bit of mystery at the moment and a lot of hush um i've done well in that regard really you know to, to keep it but i think in in experiences of, of takeovers before um look some fizzle out with names crop out and it's it tends to be nonsensical names really who are nowhere near it and then maybe right towards the end as you say johnny the the actual sort of elusive perspective owners you know come clear and then things tend to move very quickly at the end don't they um but yeah regards to this album of you know i think things have been kept under wraps which from a club's perspective and and, and the people involved in it you know want, wants to be under wraps don't it? you don't want things uh, emerging because that could cause problems um but yeah obviously you know if and when that lid on that becomes lifted so to speak um then we can bring it but yeah that as I said at the top, the talks with um, the US group, as far as I last understand it, um, 
we're, we're moving forward and gathering pace with, with that group. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good news. And, um, yeah, I wish I could bring bring more on that. But, yeah, that's, what I can say on that at the moment is it's um, it's encouraging. Encouraging. Yeah, they are good signs. And hopefully we will find out in the not-too-distant future this month. The January transfer window is now open. Albion, well, the first bit of business involving Albion has been done. It hasn't been an income. It's been an outgoing. Jeremy Sarmiento has been recalled by Brighton. We were all, a lot of us sort of surprised to some extent by this news on, I want to, I was trying to get the day right then, on Monday. Monday. Uh, we're back to normal schedules now after the new year. You can remember what day of the week it is. Um, on Monday, um, and then obviously there has, sorry, been two p- bits of business. Jovan Malcolm's come back from Cheltenham Town um, and is in line to play in the FA Cup on Saturday, or Sunday even. Cox, you want to talk Jeremy Sarmiento? There's some quotes in the Express and Star, um, I think it was yesterday or today, about um, Corbran talking about Sarmiento. He's not sure why he's been recalled. He's basically said Albion did everything for the player. He came injured and then picked up an injury as well. Um, he made seven starts, 14 substitute appearances. From what we can gather, Coxie, Brighton um, wanted him to maybe have more game time. I think he's had quite a bit of game time considering the injuries that he's had. Um, what are your overall thoughts on it? Because there has been other suggestions elsewhere that Ipswich always planned to, uh, sorry, not Ipswich, Brighton always planned to do this. Uh, and now he's obviously gone back on, out on loan to, to Ipswich. But what's your, your take on the matter? I don't, I don't necessarily agree that Brighton always planned to do this. I think Brighton have looked at it and saw, what was it, seven starts he'd had? I think Brighton have looked at it and say it was 15 or 20. I think they'd be content and happy with how much football. But yeah, the, the crux and the bottom line of this is he arrived on fit. Albion had to give him a lot of work, a lot of patience to get where he needed to be. Got where he needed to be, got injured again because that's that's been his career so far, hasn't it? You know, brittle and the idea was building up this robustness. Injured for another, what, four, five, six weeks. Came and went. We got towards mid, late November, actually. He came in for that Cardiff game, didn't he, where he got the winner. And then started six games in a row. I mean, you know, we we spoke about him, didn't we? Probably last pod in the middle of that. And um, gave him a bit of a, not a glowing reference, but I, I was a fan of watching his. Um, but I take into account, you know, the, the end product thing and the need for more um, productivity. And as I say, you know, an assist or a key pass or whatever. But I think he's a, he's a big talent. And, um, but I wasn't, I'm the most surprised by this. I think, you know, Brighton rating very highly, don't they? And probably think, look, we've got a big prospect out in the Championship. He needs to be starting every week. Now, he was before Christmas, wasn't he? But the overall picture, I suppose, of the game time is just seven starts. So, I think Albion can feel hard done by by it, to be honest. They've given the player a lot, invested him a lot. Um, and this situation's happened. The situation's worse, isn't it? Because no one's around in attack. That's that's the, the crux, you know. If Grady wasn't going away, if Wallace and Swift were fit, if Phillips was fit, yeah, you've got fellows. I don't think, uh, my opinion is, I don't think Alvin would be too fussed, to be honest. There's other options, aren't there? And then you lose Sarmiento, you've got his wage contribution to, to go elsewhere and they'd go for a replacement as they are now. But obviously with those bodies injured in a way, there's more need for a replacement. There's a massive need for a replacement because it's really, I mean, we're close to a start on the wing, aren't we, Johnny? You and I. Um, I'll take the left. More you than me. Um, <laughs> but you know the point stands. You know there's there's no one around. Um, 
so it's a, it's a problem. But Albin were already in the market for one to cover for losing Matt Phillips, which was a massive blow, by the way. It was that now a couple of months ago, and yeah, whereas Phillips on the playing front was a massive blow, Sarmiento on the playing front a massive blow. No, but a blow on the availability front. That's that's how I see it. I think he's a talent. I've enjoyed watching his ability and skill, but I don't, I don't think. Um, Put it this way, I mean, I wasn't covering the club at the time, but it's a long, old way from a Harvey Barnes, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we, we talked about this um, on uh, on Monday. A lot of people have said, you know, difference between Barnes but and, you know, likening to that. You know, he's this, this, this a sort of standout youngster that Alvin have had on loan in, in, in recent history. But I think there's a bit of a difference between Sarmiento and Barnes. And I think if Albion would maybe have had Sarmiento on the back of a loan spell elsewhere, we might have seen a bit more of the better of him. I think fans forget that Harvey yeah. Barnes had already had a loan spell at Barnsley. He'd been out and cutting his teeth. Um, and he came to West Brom, MK yeah. Dons, yeah, and he still had a point to prove, not don't get me wrong, point to prove at West Brom, and he did it. You know, he was gone within a few months back to Leicester, you know, and whether that was the right decision or not, well, you know, we debated that a lot at the time. But with Sarmiento, if it would have been the other way around and he'd maybe been to Ipswich and then come to West Brom, we might have seen a bit more of the better of him. And that's why I think we, you might see a little bit more of him at Ipswich. A lot of fans have talked yeah. about the way he plays and stuff, but he's had ample opportunities at West Brom. Um, and we have seen in fits and starts what he can do. You know, Cardiff, you're scored against Middlesbrough. There have been some some good displays. Um, however, yeah, it doesn't mean he's a bad player because his spell at West Brom no, hasn't no. Gone, gone well. He's He's got all the hallmarks of becoming a, a flying, terrific winger, but it just didn't quite click at Albion. But I think... I think if it had been here till the end of the season, I think we'd have seen a lot, a lot more. And yeah, lot, it would have kicked on know, a bit. It yeah. would have kicked on. Oh, by yeah, the way, so I mean, just quickly. Um, I mean, I didn't really see much of Harvey Barnes for Albion Bar, sort of highlights and goals and that. But let's have it right. And as we've seen since, Harvey Barnes is a physical animal, isn't he? He's a, he's a, he's a bit of a unit, stocky, quick. Yeah, really physically strong. And by the time I'm sure he got to the championship after those other loan spells, I know he was still a kid, but he was strong. And obviously, he continues to get. Now, Sarmiento's not that, is he? He's, in, in fact, he's the opposite to that. He's not robust at all. Injury is breaking down. And that's what the loans were there to, to, to bring him. So you're right, different points of their loans. Different, both wingers, but different types, aren't they? Like Barnes is all about speed, isn't it? And bursts. Whereas Sarmiento's game is totally on, on a technical, isn't it? Totally on skill and tricks. Um, but yeah, uh, Mister's a body and a number, and he's you know great ability. And I agreed with Corbran a few weeks ago. He's he's got he, he fights. You know, he's not a not a chirps and doesn't fancy it. We've seen him fight and battle. You know, just because he doesn't fly into tackles like a centre half or centre midfielder, he he's got sort of heart and spirit. But that's that's not his game either, isn't it? So um, yeah, just well. Uh, a good point to judge it actually will be when his replacement arrives and how his replacement does, and whether his replacement's ready to hit the ground running. Yeah, in terms of replacements, um, we're going to look at that now. Just in terms of what Albion can bring in, I know a lot of fans from the questions we've had are a little bit concerned that Albion aren't going to be able to do any business in January, and it's all going to hinge on on a potential new owner. But as far as we're aware, Coxie, Albion are in a position to bring in at least two. Um, reinforcements, likely yeah. loans in the window. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so my understanding before the Sarmiento situation is that the club were looking at one, um, a, a wide player. Corbett's confirmed that regards Phillips. I totally understand why there'd be a bit of sort of confusion and head scratching as to well, 
why is this possible? Well, obviously loan deals speak for themselves, don't they? You have to, you know, you you pay a contribution, you worry about that until May, end of May, and then that's off the books, isn't it? You know, so there's clearly wriggle room in that in that department. Albion puffed and puffed in the summer, didn't they? They wanted to get more in, actually, as well as wanting to get more out. Now, does that suggest and point to there still being room in the budget? Probably. Didn't get what they wanted. Obviously, Pippa came on deadline day, didn't he? Um, no one else did. So there was obviously that there. And I think when it comes to attack, the attack, they've had a, a crisis of, of availability and fitness. And they've made some at work for Corbrand. Look, they're fifth. Alvin have got a chance of going up, haven't they? Yeah, it's it's not going to be an automatic promotion. It's too far away. It won't happen. I mean, they could win every game between now and the end of the season and make me look silly, but I was not, I wouldn't mind eating those words, to be honest, Charlie. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I hope you are as well, mind. yeah. But um, but they've got every chance. You know, I think at this point we can say, should they be in the playoffs? I don't know. Probably not at that yet because the gap's too small, isn't it? The gap's too small, but spent most of the season in the playoffs, haven't they? So, and they've gone through hard spells in the playoffs. Still there now. Chance now to readdress the squad it's gonna be a tricky month isn't it it's gonna be a tricky month what have we got um blackburn coming to the hawthorns where you fancy albion got to go to norwich i mean that's tough isn't it forget the games after that um fa cup again after that isn't it so that's if albion get through obviously so that's maybe useful to have a couple of cup games um where were we but yeah so so they'd always there was always room to manoeuvre and obviously the Phillips situation's happened say about Albion have got a chance to go up so the club have if they can make it work it makes sense to try for to help Corbyn in this situation doesn't it rather than like I, I, I don't mean at the club's risk you know to put the club in financial peril or risk obviously the club are already in a big element of financial trouble that's why the takeover needs to happen um, but there's room to manoeuvre there now obviously moving that on with Sarmiento returning to the Seagulls and going out Obviously, the wage contribution towards him, which I'd, I don't know, but I'd estimate to be relatively significant. You know, Sarmiento agreed a new Brighton deal, then came to the Hawthorns. Now, I'm sure he'd be on OK money relative to Brighton in the Premier League. So, I mean, I'd, you know, he's a top youngster as well, isn't he, as, as we know. So, I had him in a fair contribution. Now, that's available to, to go elsewhere. And the loans are more probable, aren't they? It doesn't, they're not definite. I mean, look at last Jan, it was, it was, or Brighton and Chalibur, wasn't it? Or Brighton, obviously, a, a loan and, and, and a permanent like like Chalibur. Now, I dare say a permanent to the end of the season is a slight possibility, but players don't want to commit to that today. The players don't want to come in on a five, six-month deal. There's absolutely no security for the player, is there? That's why a Chalibur arrived on an 18-monther, because he's got five, six you know, months to get his feet under the table, and then he's got another season of security. So... Um, the loans are ideal and probable, certainly from the club's perspective. And it's just it's just where do they go, isn't it? And you, know, you made a perfect point, Johnny, when you touched on Barnes. Um, was it his third loan at least? Might have even been fourth. Yeah, you know, he had loans. Now, I think in an ideal world, my opinion is Albion want loans here who have proven in the first one or two loans that they've got some and they've been out there, been able to be robust to play, been able to create and score be it the level below possibly I don't know I mean ideally in the champ clearly you know but that's going to be harder to come by isn't it so it's a test it's a test of Ian Pierce, isn't it 
in his his role of of head of football ops. To test to the scouting team that he oversees. Test to the negotiating and the finances of, of Carlos Corbran, you know, overseas. We Pippa had his spell in Huddersfield. I mean, I didn't cover the championship when Pippa was playing in Huddersfield, so he wasn't a player on my radar. Others, you know, will have, you know, supporters will have been aware of him, but obviously Carlos Corbran was very aware of him from Huddersfield, from Olympiacos. But Carlos Corbran knows that overseas market, doesn't he? For one, he's Spanish. For two, he's worked overseas in different countries. So it would not be, I don't think, a huge surprise if a winger of foreign origins comes in from a club abroad we wouldn't expect and we've never heard of him because we don't watch that football out there that wouldn't be a surprise would it because Corbin knows that market it's just about making the finances work however if said individual hasn't played over in England before played in the championship before there's an element of risk there isn't there so um we'll see I suppose um I think the English based alone over here before just gives that bit more confidence that they're ready yeah. hopefully and we need them to hit the ground running don't they are need them to hit the ground running yeah, they do indeed. Just in terms of, you know, I know some have been, you know, this will box off a few of the questions that have been asked today, but, uh, you know, about having to sell, you know, in January, you know, and we know there's no, there's no secret that we need to bring down their wage bill. But from what we understand, Cox, in terms of out, potential outgoings in January, although, you know, there's not a lot of wriggle room on that front at the moment, with potential outgoings, it's the same message as the summer that Albion won't be for want of a better word, low-balled by offers coming in for their players. And January yeah. is probably a time with a club, particularly like Albion, where that might not be as um, not be as, be as forthcoming. You know, we know that there was offers, you know, in, in Thomas Asante late in the window in, in the summer, John Swift as well. I think, I think Coventry was involved in that one. Um, yeah. Palmer as well from Luton. Um, but Albion in a position, you know, if a, if a big offer comes in, and we know that inflated offers do come in in January because the price is ramped up in the January transfer window. Um, <laughs> but this, it, uh, from what we understand, it's the same message coming out of the out of the club yeah. in terms of they won't be, you know, taken for a ride. But if a good offer yeah, comes in, right. then they'll probably have to listen to it. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Um, it'd be interesting to see who gathers interest and where it comes from. To be honest, um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if clubs aware of Albion's state, wherever take a go going on, try and take the you know what again, take the Mickey. Um, but yeah, from from what we we understand, what we're led to believe, um, Albion don't have to have the Mickey taken out of them regards offers and anything like that. But if anything comes in, they deem worth having to think about. They they will. Um, obviously, they've got to think about the overview of the club and the finances. They've got to weigh up what Corbran once for the remainder of the season, how key the player is. I'm sure Corbyn will have a short list of players where it's like, yeah, I don't slash can't afford to lose any of these. Now there'll be another list where it's more wriggle room, more desirable for maybe the player to go out there not involved in the first 11s as a starter very regularly. But yeah, rewind 20 minutes of this podcast. We spent it talking about the squad size so not being very big, really, didn't we? And And some areas being decimated by injury and stuff. So, yeah, um, outgoings of anyone of a key nature would be unfortunate. And it, it, it'd be a shame if that had to happen because it could impact the, the form, couldn't it? It could impact the, the playoff push. I, I think anything Albion lost, they would look to replace best they could. We've already seen that, haven't we, with the two Corbyn once in. The hope and desire and the dream will be to get into February the 1st with the squad stronger than 
at January the 1st. Now, you'd think that would be doable because on January the 1st, there was no Phillips, no, oh God, you go through the whole list of them, you know? So, and, and, and the one, you know, there's, there's one name, Johnny, that we haven't mentioned so far this pod, and I'm going to mention it, and it's Daryl DK. Yeah. You know, uh, the, now I'm going to also urge caution. <laughs> Will we see him against Aldershot? I, I don't know. I, I don't think it'll be from the off if we do. I hope, hopefully he'll be on the bench and get some minutes. Could you then give it another week for Blackburn to be on the bench there? Maybe. Um, is it worth the risk in the FA Cup? Maybe not. We'll all have our own opinions on that. But the point is, you know, DK came back from a long one between November and April last season and scored seven goals. Now, if he can score seven goals between February and May um, this season, that would that would be a massive effort for him. I think I, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised in a good way. Um, that's a lot to ask. However, you know, with Thomas Asante still around scoring, you know, stuff like that, new boys coming in this month, players coming back from from injury, that 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 could be massive, couldn't it? Yeah, you know, he he's, I, it's it's a horrible cliche, Johnny, but DK could be like a new signing, couldn't he? Now. Got to urge caution, you know. I think we've said that twice before. (laughs) Well, yes. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. However, after he came back the first time, it was the summer, wasn't it? And there was no football. If I remember rightly, he got injured on the eve of, like, what would have been his return. Yeah. Um, Now, when he came back from the big second one, he was like a new signing, wasn't he? Remember him scoring that at Sunderland and it was... With the brace against Borough. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't... He wasn't perfect and flawless, you know. He, he is what he is as a centre forward. However, he knows where the goal is and scored, um, scored a few in a few months. So it would be a massive boost, wouldn't it? Because as as we understand it, Corbyn wants to look in wide areas this month, as I say, to replace Phillips, to replace Sarmiento. This is not a number nine centre forward. Yeah, he's thinking. I've still got Thomas Asante. Magic, yes, is an April job, unfortunately, but DK's around it. Hopefully, all being well. Um, so look. <laughs> Could be a could be a massive boost. Um, we'll get into all the shot later, won't we, and stuff. But I, I remember Corbyn saying about a month ago, look, you know, at, at the time, you know, DK could be our only signing. Th- things have things have changed there, obviously, but sort of said it half jokingly. But it'll be a boost, you know, when when he's around. Hopefully, when he gets back in the goals, it'll be a big lift to everyone. Yeah, it will indeed. Hopefully, um, there we go. Hopefully, more. Um, movement or some movement in the January transfer window. We'll we'll talk about a little bit more about that with your questions before the end of, of the podcast. But we need to talk about our sponsor, the Kettle and Toast by the Baggies Broadcast, and all our podcasts here. At the Express and Star are brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toast, the graded product specialist who has so many great brands and fantastic products at really good prices and today we're going to talk about something that i know coxie has got because he sent me a picture of it the other day whether he's uh-huh. had it in his uh his christmas stocking from uh from father christmas i'm not too sure but if you want to keep warm at the moment it's gone it's gone pretty cold in these first few days of the new year so what you can get your hands on is a Daiwu dream single fitted blanket an electric blanket for just 20 pound 20 pounds now i've never tried one of these electric blankets or like these heated gilets or all these you know, clothing items that heat up. But I know Coxie has, so I'm going to get him now to 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 wax lyrical about his his heated blanket. So I know I know he had his on the other night post Swansea when he was <laughs> uh, when he was watching Liverpool on catch up um, when he got back in the early hours of the morning. But Coxie talks to us about these electric blankets. How good are they? 
And how yes. and why should people be heading along to the Kettle and Toaster Man yeah, I mean, to just, get their hands on one? Don't even listen to me. Just turn the podcast off and get to the Kettle and Toaster Man. That's that's all I'm all I'm saying. No, please don't turn the podcast off. Actually, um, <laughs> no. Well, well, I mean, I was I was very grateful for a range of lovely presents. Uh, but the, the heated blanket right at the top of the list. Oh, my gosh. I mean, as Johnny knows, and as we often jest about, I'm always cold. That includes in my own house. And um, if you don't want to turn the heating on, get you know, get yourself a heated blanket. Wow. What a job. What a job. But not too damaging on the old electrical bills, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's are you going to bring yours along to the Hawthorns, plug it in, in the press box? Well, or? you know what? I haven't really thought about it, Johnny. And I, I don't know if it's worth the ribbon. Can you imagine, you know, can you imagine the... Imagine Andy Johnson. He doesn't need. Well, we and we know we know finances are you know finances are a bit sparse at Albion at the moment. They don't want you racking up the electric bill in that Hawthorne press box. <laughs> yeah, bars. this is true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The new owners won't like that. Will they? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, don't be surprised to see it there on Sunday. Is all I'm saying about that, Johnny. You've you've given me an idea there. So um, thanks, but nah. You got honestly, um, really, in all seriousness, that is. Tough time of year, weather-wise, isn't it? It's 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 a wonderful thing, a heated blanket. Um, you can get all sorts of sizes. I'm not I'm not sure, you know, Johnny will tell me kettle and toast man's offers or whatever. You can get ones for, you know, be it just a sofa one or a bed mattressy quilty one. Um, yeah, yeah, all about that. I'm I'm now an advocate of a heated blanket. There you go, the ambassador of the heated blanket there, Lewis Cox. Um, and yes, the Cattle and Toaster Man has got um, a number of them available online or in store. Uh, they got a store at Thorns Road in Briley Hill, but it's not just heated blankets. So many great products, so many heating products at the moment to keep yourself warm. But they've got a, a range of other stuff as well. If you want to treat yourself post-Christmas, head along to the Cattle and Toaster Man.co.uk. Or as we said, if you want to go in store and have a look yourself, head to Thorns Road in Briley Hill. Right, time for questions. We've probably answered quite a lot of these already because we've uh, we've had a lot of talk uh, in this podcast. We had a few just say one just says take over, please. Um, I don't know if that means they want me and you to take over the club, Coxie, or uh, or if they want us well, to force the deal through. Um, and one just said new owners. I, I think, well, if 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 you and I are in charge, Johnny, I think we could. Yeah, you know, Champions League in five years, I'd say. Yeah, oh, yeah, potentially. Also yeah. on this, at the last home game, uh, was it Leeds or not? I think it was Norwich. Um, someone tweeted me and Coxie with a picture. They were sitting in the East stand, <laughs> and it was a picture of me and Coxie standing in the press box. It looked a bit like the director's box. Um, they posted it on, on social media. And someone put underneath, uh, is this the, the two prospective new US owners? Um, I can categorically say that that's not the case um, and if you looked at my bank balances you wouldn't want me taking over West Brom uh, I'm sure possibly Coxie the same I don't want, we might be able to cover a, a percentage of a player's wage for a month but uh, that's probably about as far as it would stretch so that wasn't the new owners um, in the box in the uh, in the Norwich game well, um, if, they, if they do turn up in the press box um, you know all the yeah, all the fans out there will be the first to know yeah they will indeed um Carl Jones has got a question. Will the latest loans see us until May? And the Albion did take out this other loan, didn't we, Cox? We have talked about this. And this was, from what I believe, tying Albion over till this takeover took place. Is that the case? Correct, yeah. That, that is what was um, said at the time. That was how it was spelt out. I, I haven't heard otherwise in terms of... Is it, the, the, the time scale's vague, isn't it? That's the problem. But from, from what I've heard from... So various sources is that you know, as, as I spoke out earlier, this takeoff needs to happen as soon as possible uh, into the new year, and you know, uh, 
hear him by ideally the middle of this month rather than towards the end of it, rather than getting into February. So, mm. well, obviously the, the second loan that was taken out was um, smaller value quantity-wise than, than the first. Um, and it was tie over until the takeover, which the idea was at this point of 2024, you know, at the early point of it, rather than heading towards, heading into the second, third month type thing. So I wouldn't like to say that it would tie the club over, um, which is obviously a concern. You know, should should if things can always break down, can't they, until they're signed on mm-hmm. the dotted line. And um, and your, your new owners are pictured holding the scarf type thing. Um, but what, what I would say is that the people in running this, the people in charge in terms of certainly Mark Mars, the MD, and others involved in it, have have the clubs, you know, and I'm not speaking from the other side of it. I'm not speaking from Lai's side of it at all. It clearly wants to get out with, with what he can from the best case scenario for him finance-wise. But the people involved in it have the club's um, interest at heart and situation at heart. And, you know, they'll have to continue to, if they, if they have to, they'll have to continue to keep taking the least worst option. Now, in, in regards can kick in and taking loans out, I mean, I'm no financial loan expert, far from it. Um, I don't know how how long that is maintainable, sustainable, you know, manageable. I, I don't think it's much longer than what's going on at the moment, really, mm. in terms of debts and repayments and all of that. Um, so, yeah, from from everyone at the club's perspective, it, they don't want to have to take that next, you know, least worst situation. I don't want this to be dragged out any longer than, you know, ideal or any longer than it has to be. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky one to, to answer, really, that. Um, and yeah, the people would be concerned if it if it continued, you know, continued into beyond Feb March. I'd, yeah, hopefully we don't get to that situation. Is 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 the bottom line of that answer? I think. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much for your question. Um, Deco's has got in touch. Is Mo Fowl being recalled now? We've I, I was expecting questions like this, um, given Albion's situation with sort of forward players and, uh, and unavailability. Now, Albion's got a number of players out on loan. The one who's probably doing the best at the moment is Mo Fowl. He's at Doncaster. He scored a, a lot of goals in League what, League Two. Um, Coxie, is he being recalled? Or is, is you know, we've also had a question about um, recall options, which I'm sure there are in all these loan deals. But we talked yeah. about it again at Swansea um, and the benefits potential of it. Mo Fowl's a player who's scoring in League Two now. Um, there's a lot of difference between the championship. What you know, there's a benefit in terms of having a body there. In terms of you know, you've got Josh Madger out. Um, he would Mofar would come in. And he'd obviously be in every matchday squad, and I'm sure he'd feature off the bench. But you know, if he came back, and then as you're getting Daryl DK fit, and Thomas Asante and Daryl DK started scoring goals, Mofar's not going to play. So is it more beneficial to leave him where he is? I imagine Albion will leave him where he is. You know, this is all sort of hypothetical talk, but, you know, what's your take on, on this situation? Because he's the one that people are talking about in terms of recall, just because he's been scoring so many goals at that level. Yeah, I'm a little bit towards um, the line of if it ain't broke, don't fix it type thing. Although I take the point that Albion's attack is kind of broke at the minute. Um, you mentioned there is a big difference between League Two and the Champ. There's a big difference between League Two and League One, you know, before we even talk about the championship. Now, Albion could. There's there's generally a break clause in most loans, really, from from my experience and understanding. Slightly different with Carl Grant because he's in Wales. 
um, which is classed um, as, as a different uh, country FA, as a different nation FA, and it's an, technically an overseas abroad loan. So um, that's a different, rather irritating situation, albeit Grant, I'm not saying Albin would should recall Grant, but he's got an injury, hasn't he? He's picked up a hamstring issue, I believe, um, which is a blow because I think he's been doing right out there. Regards, Farl, um, Albion could recall him and give him a inverted brackets better loan in League One. He could go out to League One and he could find the level too tough, could not fit in, could not feature. Ditto being at Albion, you know, could come in at Albion and, like you rightly say, Johnny, make a couple of cameos from the bench, do very little, you know, all right, good experience, but do very little, then find himself nowhere and in the 21s. So I think both that situation and going out again to League One situation where it might not work would probably be a waste of time in both counts. Um, and lucky somewhere where he's comfortable, settled, playing and scoring. I just, I just don't think you 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 tweak it really. I don't unless look uh, unless they judge it that he goes to League One to a club where he's guaranteed to play, gonna score. That's all very hard. That's all hypothetical. It doesn't work like that. Um, so in my opinion, I, I'd, I'd keep him there. Yes, it's only Doncaster, only League Two, but scoring goals, and that's what you you know readdress it in the summer. Well, I'm, I can't remember off the top of my head without checking what the contract situation is for Fal. Um, he signed a new deal, didn't he, in the summer? Yeah, yeah, but I, I, was it two years? I can't quite recall. Sure. Um, so yeah, readdress it then. I can understand the push for it now. Obviously, you mentioned Joe Van Malcolm earlier, didn't you? Who's a the other end of the debate, really, the loan debate, the loan spectrum, went out to League One. Club, struggling club towards the bottom of League One. Barely featured, as he, at all. Um, now, that just strikes us. Not been able to settle, club struggling, not been able to take a chance on him, give him time. When he has featured in the cameo, he's not caught the eye enough to come again and start again. And that's just where it is, unfortunately. It's the right decision to end that loan because it's not benefiting anyone. Cheltenham, Malcolm, Albion. So I think Albion will feature, sorry, Malcolm will feature this weekend in the FA Cup. Um, then maybe be on the bench against Blackburn, something like that. Maybe injury dependent. And then I'd imagine towards the end of the window, he goes out again. And unfortunately, because of a pesky little rule, he'll have to go out on loan in non-league, I think, won't he? Um, in the National League, which is yeah, obviously he can only too for three, Yeah, he can only play for three clubs at one season. Yeah, you can't play for three clubs in the season. Oh, okay, you can't. As you say, you can't play for more than two. And he played for Albion at Stoke in the Carabao in August. So that's one. Obviously, played for Cheltenham. That's two. Might play this Sunday again for Albion. So, yeah, might have to take a loan into into the National League, which, right on the face of it, sounds like possibly disappointing, but could make Malcolm, couldn't he? Might go there and score 10 goals and play every game. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, um, and really push him on and develop him. So, yeah, like, like Fal has been developed at the moment. So, um, yeah, different different circumstances and cases for different youngsters. But I, I don't really sit on the bandwagon of, oh, you know, Fowl's going to double figures for goals or whatever in League Two. Let's get him back because we've got no one available type thing. I think just make it work for this game or two before DK is available, before hopefully Wallace is fit, you know, before the new boys check in on loan. Whatever it is, I don't, I don't see the benefit in disrupting what Fowl's doing, really. 
Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, this is possibly my favourite question that we've had in today. Uh, it comes from Brian Davis. I think we are, uh, sorry, I think as we are struggling with only one fit forward, I'm sorry, my dog is just jumping underneath me. He wants to get involved, get involved in the Albion again, chat thing. I think he wants to get involved. He loves the baggy broadcast. Um, I think as we are struggling with only one fit forward, um, does anyone else think Kipra um, as a number nine would work? He's strong, skillful, and can finish. Thoughts? Brian, love this question. And I would, for one, I would love to see Cedric Kipra play as a number nine. I don't quite think it's going to happen, but it's a, it's a good, it's a good uh, left field tactical, uh, tactical point, I think. That'd well, be, I think uh, you've answered that there, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be good to uh, see. He'd cause havoc. What about Bartley? Yeah, I mean, he, he he's the dominant one, isn't he, Bartley? If you're looking for a target man, he's the one. Um, and in all seriousness, and not that it's not a serious question, because uh, you know, it's it's uh, I I understand the, the the reasoning and point behind it, but it was it was a Leeds game, wasn't it, where Bartley was sort of surprisingly dropped, well, not dropped, but tactically replaced by a Jay, um, and it worked. You know, wonderful. Ajay was great. I thought did exactly what he could come in for, for the speed, for the movement, which is obviously Bartley's weaker point. But Bartley's one of the most dominant aerial centre-halves in the division. So, um, yeah, when Albion need a goal in a game late on or are struggling, I'm all for chucking Barts up front. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Play off him. Bartley kept up front too the, the, uh, later in the season. Well, well, but... He had to come off yeah, Bartley and... and uh, Kipper had to come off at Swansea, didn't they? And 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 a serious point again. They've, those centre halves have been flogged, haven't they? They've, they've played again and again and again. And, and playing four games in ten games, catching up catches up with all positions. The only cover Corbin had available to him was was defenders, and obviously Peters came on for some rare action. Pippa, the right back, ended up as number ten, which I thought best typified Albion's situation. So you have, you have got to manage even defenders, you know, even centre halves. You know, they probably would have been close to. Medical staff judge players on like numbers, don't they, and percentage to being up for a possible injury and how close he is to a, a red zone, red line type thing. And, you know, those they, they would have been getting there. So you really have got to manage everybody if you can. Yeah, Brian, love that question. Um, I want you to come back in a few weeks with another left field selection suggestion maybe you know maybe if Carlos does listen it might just uh it might just lodge in his head and we might see Kipra as a number nine in the next few weeks but great question appreciate that uh Jack Griffiths uh any update on contract talks we we really need to pen down fellows um young and with value we've had a couple of questions on this I've just been looking at Albin's contract situation because it's it's one that um We'll see a number of players out of contract uh, in the summer. A lot that will probably leave. Ted Can, the young goalkeeper, is out of contract. Martin Kelly and Eric Peters, who at the moment you'd probably struggle to see getting new deals. And then beyond that, Matt Phillips, Tom Fellows, as we said, Adam Reach, Nathaniel Chalaber, uh, Pippa, Cedric Kipra and Alex Mower are all um, out of contract. Now, Coxie... Um, and I believe Carl Bartley as well. I know he extended, he signed an extension or, or triggered an extension, didn't he? And I'm Very not good. sure if. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that might come to an end in the summer. Um, Did you mention Phillips? Obviously, Phillips in there as well. And you know, of them players, yes, there's probably four or five that you could say they're probably not going to get new deals in the summer, uh, depending on whether Albion still in the Championship or in the Premier League. But it's probably three or four <laughs> in there. You know, certainly, uh, and and specifically, this question is about fellows that you would probably want to see on new contracts. Now, do we know anything yeah. about this, Coxie? Because it obviously puts Al- Albion are probably in a, in a situation at the moment where they don't, obviously don't know what league they're going to be in. 
um, because they're doing really well this season. And they also don't know who's going to own the club. So do we know if any talks have been opened? Certainly with someone like Fellows, who is, you know, has, sh- has showed already this season that yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he's got a bright future. Absolutely. Well, they, Albion know who they would ideally like to and, you know, should be in the coming sort of weeks slash months owning the club. But I take your point, Johnny. Yeah, the, the ownership's going to change. Um, ideally. Um, it's difficult, isn't it, for, for those factors? You, you're absolutely right. I know last time Corbran was asked about this, he rather sort of straight battered it aside. Um, but that was, you know, December, earlier in December. So, you know, he, he doesn't, doesn't really want to be addressing this in public, does he? I know, obviously, we have the press conference tomorrow speaking now as it is on, on Thursday. Um, and it's the first proper pre-match press conference for a good while since since before Christmas. So it's a kind of opportunity to certainly address these sorts of situations. Now, obviously, we're not going to sit in a set press conference and put every single out-of-contract name to the head coach for an answer on them all. And, yeah, each is a different situation, is it? Uh, of the names you... I don't, fellows in specifically is a, is, is a key point. I, I absolutely agree. Um, but I think the most interesting ones, and, and ones you can sort of almost group together. I think Bartley and Phillips are interesting case in point. I think Moat and Kipra are interesting. Slightly different scenarios, but two players at peak age ages. The, the first two are obviously towards the tail end of their careers, aren't they? A, a big earners who've been at the club a while. Um, still proving that can perform at this level. Obviously, you know, one of them picking up injuries. Moat Kipra peak years performing very well this season. Um, Albin have got to address. I'm sure Albin would want them to stay, but they've got to address what length of contract the players would want, and they've got to address the fact that you know one of or both of them would have to possibly be on reduced terms because of the situation changing massively from when they arrived. This is all based on being in the Championship, by the way. We're having a different conversation about being in the Premier League, aren't we? Um, and then after that, I'd go to, to Fellows. So so sort of five there. Um, obviously, Fellows being at the start of his career, being a youngster. Um, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one when it comes to FFT. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to go into all of this because... I haven't really taken the time out pre this podcast to get get it all sort of prepared and written down. But FFP and profit and sustainability rules, which you hear about in the top flyer, you hear about when it comes to Everton's charges, don't you, and deductions. You hear about it with uh, the bigger clubs, certainly like City and Chelsea and how they work that and why homegrown academy players are flogged, basically are sold. Um, look at Cole Palmer. He's been one of the best players in the Premier League of last couple of months, hasn't he, for Chelsea, having um, been sold by City for whatever fee it was. Um, and why you see Chelsea selling Mason Mount for all that money to, to Man U. You know, players that cost you nothing to buy, a la Tom Fellows, um, sell for a, for a profit, sell for pure profit. And I don't really know how to word this, but it's really good on the books. You know, for, for that profit and sustainability, it's pure profit and it sorts out the finances. Now, that, you know, for, for fellows there, read Alex Palmer, an academy graduate. Read Josh Griffiths, an academy graduate. Players that haven't cost anything. Read Taylor Gardner-Hickman. Um, Zach Ashworth, there was talk of his loan at Bolton being a you know, thing to buy, wasn't there? Um so with fellows, I think there's an interesting conversation. No one wants to see him go. 
but certainly from a supporter perspective, I think he's been great. I think we've had the conversation, haven't we? He's probably one of the best attackers that I've been have produced since X years, 10 years, I don't know. We'll have to see, but I think he's got real potential. And it's no surprise clubs are sniffing because he's out of contract. Um, so if nothing can or is agreed by the end of this month and off, say offers came in, what is deemed acceptable, you know, there's a, a million pound plus 1.5, 2 million of pure profit. That's very attractive to West Bromwich Albion. Would they get that though, Coxie, with six months left on his contract? Well, that's a good question, Johnny. Um, you know, his contract situation doesn't doesn't lend itself maybe to Albion getting no, a maybe. Decent whack but could Albion could Albion dig their heels in? We had this conversation 20 minutes ago, didn't we, yeah. about not being lowball? Um, you know, they they can't. Aff- it's not that they couldn't afford not to take it, but you know, I think, you know, being a, such a prospect and academy graduate, I think if they did decide, look, we feel like we have to take an offer, um, I mean, they'd eke everything out of it and they'd draw a line as to like, look, if if you can get there and offer this, then we might consider it. Otherwise, like he's our prospect. We want him to flourish at our club like he's, you know, Albion boy, all of this. Um, however, the, the, the attractiveness of pure profit, I mean, look at the Alex Palmer one in the summer. Um, We've got to remember it. It was Alex Palmer who stayed at Albion, you know, wasn't it? Like, and Alex Palmer, who's been brilliant this season, by the way, most clean sheets in the champ, chose not to join Premier League Luton um, and to stay at Albion. Now, you know, his move would have been pure profit, wouldn't it, for um, for whatever offer it was. Now, I'm not saying that Albion wanted to see him go, but it just would have been, you know, an attractive one for the books, I'm sure. Dar O'Shea, you know, didn't, didn't come through for... For nothing, did he? He was brought in from Dublin as a as a kid. I, I can't remember off the top of my head how much. Would have been totally nominal, obviously. If if even a fee at that age, I don't know. But that would have been a, a lot, a lot, almost pure profit, wouldn't he? So that that was a that was a big move back then, as we know, to Burnley. Um, Fellows is a really interesting one. And again, you know, when we get to the head coach tomorrow, Fellows is obviously going to be near the top of our agenda because of the last game, because he'll feature on Sunday. Um, it's a very interesting one. And it's a totally different conversation to Bartley and Phillips, isn't it? Totally different conversation. We could almost have a podcast special on the out-of-contract players. Um, you know, if Albion are in the Championship next season, which is the the more likely of the scenarios, isn't it? The more likely. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, big ass to go up in the playoffs. Um, would the majority of listeners, the head coach, want Alex Moat and Cedric Kipra playing? I would say almost certainly, absolutely yes, because they're good championship players. Now, can the club and the individuals make them work? Hopefully, you know, it'd be under, come the summer, come towards the end of the season, it'd be under a different ownership situation, wouldn't it? And, and we know, because we've discussed before, these are all these players out. It's not a totally clean slate, but it's a good start in terms of Albion's finances and getting the overall squad wage pull down, which we've talked about forever. It's 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 a big time, isn't it, come, come the summer? It's, it's almost, it's not, out with the old in with the new but it's a bit of a line in the sand isn't it and you know we know Bartley and Phillips are uh, healthy earners in this squad and if Albion deem that they can't flop Phillips's injury situations you know Bartley yes he's been very good but if Albion deem that they can't make it work financially anymore then that'll be a big one won't it because they, they clearly earn you know good good money relative to where Albion are as a squad at the minute so yeah a lot a lot of change to come 
on that front in the coming months. But um, clearly, fellows, as a young kid, you want to tone down, don't you? Unless unless those um, those offers, if if any do come in, are really too much to refuse. Yeah. Yeah, would, would, I'm sure Bellows would want to stay as well. By the way, I'm, I'm sure yeah. he would want to sign. He'll be getting advice from his family and representatives. Um, but they'll want a certain amount, won't they? You know, they want sort of, you know, want to be in and around it type thing as a, as a senior player. So, yeah, I mean, look at Gardner Hickman. He got a deal, didn't he? A lengthy one, for, if, if memory strikes. Um, <coughs> Stanfield before that, the situation was was different, wasn't it? And he went went away. And continues to play pretty well in the champ. Um, what was it, Ferguson? Another academy player before that, wasn't it, Johnny? Um, who, who obviously went away. So yeah, there have been examples in in not too distant past. But yeah, be interesting to keep monitoring what goes on with fellows. And obviously, we'll look to get an update tomorrow. Yeah, we will indeed. Uh, a couple more questions. Um, we're going to read out. We've had quite a few in today, but we've rattled through a lot. We're still going to talk about the FA Cup as well. One here, Jess Ackroyd has asked, I'm wondering how long it will be. Uh, we will be without Grady Dean Garner and Chemi Ajay. How do you think the teams will fare? Um, so how, could, uh, how soon could they be back? My knowledge of African nations is not great, but I've had a look at the odds. Um, now, Nigeria, you know, previously one of the big hitters in the competition. They're, they're out at about seventh or eighth favourite. They're 10 to 1 at the moment, um, behind the likes of Cameroon, Egypt, Algeria, the Ivory Coast, who are the host, um, and Senegal um, and Morocco. And DR Conga out at forty to one. So I, am, I, I, you never know, dear, really. But judging on the odds, no. I imagine Dean Garner might be back a little bit sooner than than Ajay. Um, but you know, I think Albion will probably be working on the pretense that they're not going to be back for at least a month and oh, well, over a month. I think it starts on January the thirteenth and ends on February the eleventh. I think the final. Yeah, the, the tournament runs almost exactly a month, doesn't it? But obviously that's only if you make the final. Um, I'm just looking at the groups quickly, Johnny. Nigeria would expect to get through uh, past the, you know, that's three fixtures in the group stage. And Nigeria would expect to get through. I agree with you. I think Ajayi will be out there into the knockout rounds. So you're looking at just, I haven't got the schedule in front of me, but it's going to be late, Jan, at the very earliest. Um, but Ajayi hasn't played for him for much of the campaign, hasn't he? He's been sort of back up. And when it comes to Grady and DR Congo, um, a lesser strong side, as you say, to a big hitter like Nigeria, and their group consists of Morocco, Tanzania, and Zambia. So Morocco, you would expect to win that group, but you know, Dean Garner and his, his his country will fancy themselves against Tanzania and Zambia. You know, Zambia have previously done well and might fancy second, but um, yeah, from uh, uh, looking at it, you'd expect maybe Dean Garner to come on early. I, I don't think you could call that whether whether they finish the group third or fourth. Well, we'll have to see, but. Um, I'm pretty sure Carlos Corbran wouldn't mind a, an early DR Congo exit. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that. But um, look, Albion's attacking line as this month progresses with two loans the head coach hopes to get in. Could could be a different picture soon, couldn't it? You know, DK's return. But we've all got touching wood on Wallace and Swift and hoping for the best there. But that could be a bleak picture, couldn't it? Quite easily. But it could be a, a more rosy one. So... Again, we'll get an update on that tomorrow. And um, yeah, I hope I hope I spoke to just quickly. I spoke to Grady Dean Garner actually after the Leeds game, and I've got some um, got some nice quotes coming for him again in the next day or so. So keep an eye out for that. Spoke really well. It was great. It was really enjoyable to speak to him. Actually, he doesn't do much press, does he, Grady? Uh, but yeah, quiet, shy lad. Um, but when you get him chatting on something, he, he really fascinating, really really interesting individual. Um, 
and yeah, I, I wish him nothing but success out there. You know, speaking to him about, you know, obviously his family heritage from that particular nation and how his dad still lives, you know, his dad lives out there. So, you know, imagine the pride and stuff like that. You know, when he goes out to play, because he only had his first call up in like September, October, didn't he? I gather that the six-month injury this time last year actually delayed his international call-ups and all of that. So, um yeah, yeah he gets to see his dad and his fa- wider family when he goes out there. We'll go and watch him. It's a, it's a lovely thing. Uh, we've got to remember how much this means for Tian Garda and Ajay. You know, I mean, Thomas Asante didn't didn't make the Ghana cut, did he? And basically, everyone of an Albion perspective was celebrating um, for for obvious reasons. But you know, Thomas Asante would have liked it. But um, but yeah, you know, nothing but good luck and. You know, good good vibes for those two going out there, and hope they hope they stay injury free and come back ASAP. I'm going to ask one more question, but I'm just going to read this out to you. from Ian Hutchins. He's just put dates for the playoff semi-finals, so I can jinx <laughs> it by booking it like I did last year. Ian, I'm not telling you. I haven't looked, but I'm not telling you because you're not going to jinx it. Well, I, I, I've um, got a line. I've got a line about the playoff semi-finals, Johnny. I don't I don't know whether to say it because I've not told you this um, privately. You're going on. You're probably going on all day again. Uh, no, no, not quite, not quite. But it's um, it's a week of annual leave booked without thinking. I, I believe for when the semi-finals are. But but should Albion make it, Johnny, fear not, it will be scrapped, and I will be on hand to uh, to see Albion face Leeds home and away. <laughs> no, um, to see Albion face whoever, and then Leeds at Wembley. Yeah, potentially. Well, yeah, don't uh, don't let the missus go booking a holiday in that week. Then just in uh, just no, in case, no. just but in we'll case. Go down. Uh, one final question. Um, I'm going to read out. We have, we have had quite a lot, but we've been going for a good sort of nearly hour and a half now. Um, the Thursday throstle has asked, and this is going to be a one-word answer or a two-word answer from you, Coxie. Yeah, yeah, who do you yeah, think? Yeah. Who do you think will be Albion's top scorer for the rest of the season? For the rest of the season, um, I say Daryl DK. Yeah, I'll give you three. Brandon Thomas Asante. Go. There we go. Albion fans, thank you very much for all your questions. Um, sorry to those that we couldn't read out. And we're just going to have a look forward to the FA Cup on Sunday. It's supposed to be Saturday, but it's now on Sunday. My question for this is that it's been moved for overseas TV rights. And now I'm not diminishing West Brom, and I'm not diminishing the National League Aldershot either. But if you're not an Aldershot or an Albion fan or abroad, I can't imagine there'll be that much interest in the game. So it did maybe make me laugh Shemi, when we found the reason. Maybe Shemi and Grady want to watch from Africa. Potentially, yeah. Maybe they're they've yeah. had a maybe they've had a, a hand in it. Um, but it did sort of make me laugh that that's the reason why Albion against Aldershot has been moved. But it has been moved. Albion expected to make a lot of changes. Coxie, can we expect eleven changes? You know, I know that the options might not be there um, necessarily, but, well, they will be, but obviously not many beyond that. But can we expect 11 changes? Obviously, Albion have got a lot of the the first rung of, of young players are out on loan. So we've seen the second rung named yep. on the bench, you know, the yep, likes yep. of Leighton Love, um, Higgins. Higgins, people like that. Um, I'm going to go with nine, Harry, Harry Whitwell as well, people yeah. like that. I know he maybe hasn't been named on the bench. He might have been. I think he was named on the bench once this season. One of them, uh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. he was before he got injured. Yeah, so what can we expect? You know, without giving our, our predicted team away, um, you know, change a goalkeeper. Albion probably got it in and to change the whole back four um, and potentially the midfield. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then I've, got, I've gone nine. I, I won't yeah. give the team away because I know we'll do a piece later in a week, won't we? Our predictions. The likes of Jovan, you know, Jovan Malcolm's come back in from challenge. He's probably going to play or feature at some point. Daryl DK could feature off the bench. You know, we said it might. It's it's hard to see him featuring from the start. Um, I think Fellows will start, and I think Malumbi will probably start. Of, of the, I, I think Fellows has to, and I think the squad is just lacking another senior number. So. Malumbi will probably have to go again rather than you push them lower. Um, but the likes of Eric Peters and, will come in, won't he? Pippa will come in, you know, yeah. those types of players. You know, yeah. Taylor, you got Ma- you got Martin, Martin Kelly. Kelly as well. Um obviously Chalabar, you know, Pippa as you mentioned. Uh Adam Reach, I would uh, I we said that earlier, didn't we? You mentioned Malcolm, obviously Griffiths and Cole. Um there there are some basically everyone's been around on the bench this season, basically, isn't it? Um yeah. But uh, one or two missing, maybe one or two surprises. It wouldn't surprise me to see Whitwell, to be honest. It wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise at all. Um, the bench is going to be, yeah, a few seniors and a bit of a who's who of maybe the next rung of academy lot. And But I don't think Albion will want a replay down in Aldershot, will they? I don't they think. won't. And, and just finally, I'm going to finish on this point. Albion fans will know I'm a big advocate of Albion trying to do well in the FA Cup. I talked about it last season, you know, and, I, and I've always referenced that, you know, two of the most successful promotion campaigns in my lifetime have gone hand in hand, you know, with a, an FA Cup quarter final and an FA Cup semi final. However, if Albion were on the end of a, you know, what is a banana skin on Sunday, you know, obviously Carlos Corbran will want to win every game. But will there be a silver lining in the fact that Albion are depleted? And if they do go out, yeah, it'll be embarrassing. Um, and it won't be something that, you know, we'll want to remember for too long. But given the circumstances or the extreme, you know, extraordinary circumstances at the moment, would it be the worst thing in the world? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I take your point, Johnny. Yeah, I, I, and that I, comes I, from and that comes from someone who always wants to see Alvin do well in the FA. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think because it's at home, I think Alvin should. Yeah, it won't be easy because they'll be back. Yeah, they should have enough. They got final, won't they? They'll be like five thousand in the away end or whatever it is. Uh, maybe more away than home fans, who knows? But um, Albion should have enough. Uh, however, you, you know, it might it might go the other way. It might. I mean, Chesterfield away nearly went. It's always harder away, isn't it? It's always harder away. But yeah, the, the bottom line is you do not want that embarrassment, I don't think, of, of losing that. I think it could, you know, fans won't be happy, will they, regardless of everything we've qualified there. Um, they'll, they'll be frustrated by it, be embarrassed by it. Um, it'll be like the national story, won't it, you know? bring Alvin into the spotlight for the wrong reasons. I mean, everyone remembers Woking, don't they? Um, I don't, I dare say, I don't need to say any more about that. And that was from, well, before mine and your lifetime, Johnny. So, um, so yeah, n- nobody wants to be remembering January 2024 Aldershot in 20, 30 years, do they? So um, let's make it forgettable by winning. And uh, although, I, you know, there's probably a few Baggies out there of a similar mind to me that like going to new places that wouldn't mind a replay in Aldershot having never been there. <laughs> and I'm not. And I'm not. Johnny's one of them. shaking his head. And I am not one of them. I do not want to be going to Aldershot a week on Tuesday. Not Johnny, replays chance. are still in in the third round, aren't they? I, I think I, they I, are. Yeah, I think they're being. I'm, I'm almost certain they are. There's I, a point str- in the competition where replays are scrapped, aren't they? I think. Yeah, uh, struggle to keep up. Struggle to keep up with the change in the rules, but I think they are. They are still in. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. hopefully, Albion. Yeah, hopefully Albion don't uh, doesn't go that far. They do get through. Um, but Coxie, thank you very much for your time again. As always, thank first you. podcast of 2024. What will the new year bring for Albion? Well, hopefully a new owner and hopefully not an FA Cup giant killing this 
weekend. As always, thanks for listening. We look forward to having you with us for the rest of 2024 and hopefully a lot more enjoyable and positive podcast. Enjoy your weekend. If you're down at the Hawthorns on Sunday, we'll see you there for the Aldershot game. And until next time, from me and from Coxie, boing boing. Boing boing.